Good morning, Hillside Community. I'm Jenny Trees. I'm the pastor of, um, I'm the interim associate pastor for Transition, and I'm so glad that you're with us this morning. Um, we would love to have you tell us that you're here by checking in on our Church Center app. And if you have questions about how to use that app, please email us or call us, and we'll be happy to help set that up for you. Um, we have a wonderful morning in store, and um, there's lots to be excited about. Uh, it might have been a little harder to get up this morning, but that also means that we have more light this evening to look forward to. Uh, the county has just moved into the red tier, and so we are going to be able to be back in the building in certain capacities very soon. And we have just a couple weeks from welcoming Dan Seitz as our new senior pastor. So we are excited. Hope you are too. I want to let you know about our, um, our pastor who will be bringing the sermon to us um, today. She is Pastor Tammy Long. Um, she's the interim, let me get this right, the uh, interim lead pastor at South Bay Community Church in Fremont. She has a master's degree from Cal State East Bay and also from North Park Seminary. And she is a um, spiritual director and a dear friend of mine. And so I'm excited to have her sharing the word with us today. So let me pray for us as we begin our morning. Lord, thank you for this day, for the new beginnings of another dawn, for the new hope of re-entry, new gifts of leadership as we prepare for the arrival of Dan. Bless our time together this morning, and have your Holy Spirit have our way with us as we enter worship together. Amen. worship our King. Come let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Yes and amen You will do great things God you do great things Oh hero of heaven You conquer the grave You free every captive 
it all Hallelujah God Unshakable Hallelujah You have done great things Hallelujah God Above it all Hallelujah God Unshakable to these words as our sister Isabella reads for us from Psalms 145. Psalms 145, 1 through 10. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of your power and awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all, and he has made. All your works, pra all your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you.
of our sins. Your, your word says that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and you are just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we, your people, bow before you today. We come to this altar and we kneel in our hearts. We kneel before you and ask for your forgiveness and your cleansing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God be in my head, be in my heart, be in my weaknesses and my strength. He must increase and I must decrease. Amen. Amen. Well, now I'm awake. Um, this is the time of the morning where we are going to um, take a minute to thank God for all of the blessings that God has given us and to pass forward a few of those blessings to others. You can give to the ministries at and through Hillside by using the Church Center app, by mailing or dropping off your check, or by giving through the website. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for the many ways you provide for us. Thank you for the many gifts that you give to us. As we give our offerings to you, we pray that you would bless and multiply them as you did the loaves and fishes, so that many people will have everything they need, and that your kingdom would be known on earth as it is in heaven. Cause us to be a grateful, generous, joyful people. Amen. It's my privilege this morning to bring you a little bit of a community update from children's ministry. Um, firstly, what has God been up to? Well, um, there are two new babies in our community. Joshua and Nicholas are welcoming their baby brother, Jacob, who was born on May 1st. And the Bolanos family welcomed baby Sophie May in October. Um, we also have had families involved in faith building uh, activities together. We dropped off Advent bags and Lent bags. Um, these are the de Youngs doing their prayer chain for Lent. Um, we also have Lucas who made pretzels with his grandma. And there are the Amelies on Ash Wednesday, which I hear for them was actually Ash Thursday. 
Um, we've been doing a lot of Zoom, just like everybody else. And uh, one very special fun thing this year has been Club 45. Um, that's Mason and Nolan. And they were on Zoom with me and all of the other uh, fourth and fifth graders making uh, chocolate food and uh, kind of a contest. And then this is my Zoom small group on Sunday mornings. So there have been faithful volunteers who have each led Zoom small groups for Sunday mornings and various other events. So that's what's been going on. We're so grateful for the ways that volunteers have stepped up in this weird time. And we are so, so looking forward to live interaction coming up soon. So if you are willing and able to spend some time with our children, please let me know. Um, the details of what we're going to do and how we're going to set it up are too much to enumerate here. We are going to start outside. Um, but if you're open at all to helping, please let me know and we can talk through details. Uh, looking a little further ahead, we are even hopeful for some sort of kids camp. So um, God is at work. We are grateful. I'm looking so forward to seeing all our kids in person at some point soon. Um, one of the best joys of working with kids is that you get to be light in the world by encouraging, um, igniting, supporting the little lights uh, that Jesus has always been very close to. Um, so it's great fun, and I invite you to contact me if you are interested. Thank you for all of you who pray. And um, thank you for your support and for your prayerfulness with us. Amen. Hello, uh, my name is Lisa McGinnis, and I'm a longish time member here at Hillside. And um, I'm going to give you a little bit of detail about a video that we are about to show. Uh, we, as uh, a Hillside family, have a ministry in Myanmar. And as many people may know, uh, we there was a, a coup there in February, and uh, things have been really chaotic in M Myanmar ever since. And uh, as a uh, community, we support um, a mission program there that uh, is run by two women pastors, and it is a safe house for uh, young women who have been trafficked or other young women who are at risk of being trafficked, uh, and also some kids who are at risk of being trafficked. So these two uh, beautiful, wonderful pastors uh, run this safe house, and um, things, as I said, have become really chaotic in Myanmar since the military coup, and it is looking uh, like things are actually devolving into possible civil war there. And so they have sent a video to us. Uh, they very much think of us as family. We think of them as family. Uh, we've been um, involved in their ministry there for gosh, I think about 10 years now. And so in this video, they are asking for some prayer and they are also uh, thanking us because um, they really feel that we are family and we feel that they are family. So when, they, when you hear that, that's what they're referring to. We need safety. We need freedom. We need justice. Please pray for our country. Please pray for our family for the safety. <laughs> I thank God that I have the best family. I'm so blessed. We all are so blessed to have all of you. 
Well, pray for us and who are supporting us. We don't need to worry for the food. We have food to eat every day. Thank you so much for all your faithful. Please keep us in your prayer. We trust that God will make the best way, even we cannot see what is going to happen in the future, but He will make the best way, and He will protect us, and we will be safe under His hands. And thank you so much for all your prayer and for all your supporting. We really need all of your prayer, and we will also will be praying for all of you. And we trust that He will make a way, and He is able God, and the God who can do everything. So for no matter what, we'll keep trusting in God, and He will protect all of us safely under His hands. And thank you so much to every one of you. Thanks for encouraging us that make us feel that we are not alone. The words and all of your encouragements and all of your prayer really touched my heart. And I will share back to all the girls and children here. Thank you so much for everything. God bless you all. Prayer. I just want to take a moment, sorry, to pray uh, for our uh, beloved um, family in Myanmar. So, will you please join me in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray now and continuously uh, for our beloved family there. Uh, we just uh, pray, Lord, that you keep them safe from COVID. Uh, we pray that you keep them safe from bullets. Uh, we pray, Lord, uh, that you surround them with your love, that they can feel your presence. Uh, Lord, that we, we pray that uh, you continue to allow um, us the ability to get support to them. We lift them up to you, Lord, and we thank you so much for the privilege of us being able to be a part of their ministry. And we just thank you, Lord. Amen.
What a joy it is for me to be worshiping with you today. You know, it's it's wonderful to be able to connect this way. I know that we would all love to be in person and give hugs. We're, I know we're missing that tremendously at our church, but it's coming soon. I know that to be true. And in the meantime, this is a great way for us to worship God together. You know, I was thinking that it's been about 15 years that I first came to Hillside. You all were hosting a small group training and at the time I was the adult Christian formation director at my church and I traveled over to Hillside and, and, and the first person that I met was Jenny Trees. And we have been friends ever since. In fact, we, we often joke because our lives have been so parallel. We, we both entered into the spiritual direction program and, and we both entered into seminary. We, we both got ordained all within a year or so of each other. And we've just been kind of tag teaming and following each other ever since. Even now we have parallel realities. I know that you all have uh, a new pastor and new leadership and congratulations on that. And our church is going through a transition as well with new leadership. And so in so many ways, I feel very connected and bonded with Hillside. Even though we have never formally worshiped together as churches, you are indeed a sister church to us. And so it is my pleasure and joy to be sharing God's word with you this morning. Well, I know I don't have to tell you that 2020 was a challenging year for all of us, that it was painful and, and there was so many uh, suff so much suffering and, and just the challenges of, of all that happened with the pandemic and the fires and, and the changing of our routines and the fears around the world. It's been a tough season. And at the same time, I have seen God at work in this season. I have seen new rhythms emerge for so many of us and, and ways that we have rediscovered our family and, and rediscovered values and what's important to us. And I see that God has redeemed even something like a pandemic. That's the God that we serve. 
Well, as we are now um, into this new year, I believe with all my heart that, that God is in the mix, that God is, is shaking things up. In short, that God is doing something new. And that's the message that I want to share with you this morning, that God is doing something new. If you would follow along with me in your Bibles, we will be looking at Isaiah 43, verses 18 through 21. It says Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. Hear the word of the Lord. Isaiah writes, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Please pray with me. Gracious God, as we come before you today, even though we are distanced and, and connecting virtually, Lord, we know your presence is here. We know that you are with us. We know you have a word for us today. So Father, we open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is you have for us. And we ask, Lord, for a special blessing on this time as we sit before your word. And we pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, we know that Isaiah was speaking the words of the Lord when he penned this text. And I want to give you just a little context for, for where we are this morning. The prophet Isaiah is, is speaking to the children of Israel who have been in exile by the Babylonians for nearly 70 years. God is telling them that their time of captivity is coming to an end because God is going to deliver them. It's a promise that they can count on because God has delivered his people before. God reminds them in this same chapter, starting with verse 14, God says, This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. You know, I bet memories of this Exodus story brought a smile to many a face as they heard this story told again. These were the good old days as they heard Isaiah's words. Some of them were probably nodding with their eyes closed as they recalled this, this favorite story passed down from generation to generation. 
This was God at work in all of his glory, in all of his power. And they recalled the, the plagues he used to befuddle and humble the Egyptians until Pharaoh couldn't take it anymore with the death of his firstborn, which as you know, resulted in him kicking the entire nation out of the country. And then once they left, Pharaoh had a change of heart. He changed his mind and he, and he sent the army after them to bring them back. And we know that the entire army met their harrowing demise in the Red Sea. God delivered his people. This was such a beloved story of the children of Israel that it's told over and over in scripture which is why the very next verse in our passage, the opening verse for our text today, feels like a, an ice-cold jolt. Verse 18 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Wait a minute, what? But, but God, you just took us down memory lane, and now you're telling us to forget it? Our very identity is embedded in that story. But perhaps, my friend, that was part of the problem. Have you ever met someone whose entire existence and, and outlook is, is looking backwards? It's all about the way things were, the good old days, the heyday moments. Often there's that cliche of the high school or college sports star who has an entire wall, maybe even an entire room of their clippings and their, their trophies and their hotshot moments. Their entire identity is, is based on who they were, not who they are. Perhaps that's part of what God was getting at here through Isaiah, just maybe. Well, let's continue our text with verse 18. In the New International Version, it says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. In the English Standard Version, it says, remember not the former things. And in the Berean Study Bible, it says, pay no attention to the things of old. So the question still remains, why, after reminding the Israelites of the past, does God then say, don't pay any attention to that? Well, I think the answer is found in verse 19. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. In other words, I'm doing something different from the past. I love how the New Living Translation puts it. It says, after recounting the, the story of Exodus, the New Living Translation says, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I am going to do. And so, friends, here is our very first invitation. I believe in this text there's three invitations, and here's our first one. For us to receive the new thing that God is doing, we sometimes need to put away the past. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, I wanna suggest two ways to put the past away, to put the past behind us. The first area that we have to put away is, is our past fumbles, our failures, and our fears. We have to first put away the past of our fumbles, failures, and fears. 
For example, some of us right this morning need to, to stop beating ourselves up for those things that we feel that we have messed up. Or some of us need to stop dwelling on things that we wish were different than they are. Some of us may need to stop replaying how we should have zigged instead of zagged. Some of us may need to stop saying, I tried that once and it never will work. Some of us need to allow God to help us forgive someone or forgive ourselves from something that's happened in the past. Some of us need to stop the broken record going over and over in our minds. If only I, if only I, if only I. Well, brothers and sisters, too often our past experiences, our habits, our attitudes, even our thoughts can keep us locked behind the mental bars of our minds like a prison. Sometimes I find myself replaying what my mother calls old tapes, things that I don't like about myself, fears that I have, negative expectations that that can surface up what I've heard someone call stinking thinking. And I can hear my mom's voice in my head saying, Tammy, that's an old tape. Let it go. Let it go. Whatever may be in your past, that has you uh, in a prison of regrets or guilts or disappointments or fears. I wonder if this morning that God is inviting you to let it go because he wants to do something new. You know, God can redeem anything. And we have no idea how he may want to use those very experiences that we thought were hopeless or mess-ups to do something new in our lives. We have no idea how he can renew our minds and, and transform those negative thoughts for where he wants to take us. We have no idea how just opening our hands and releasing that negative past to God may be exactly what God is inviting us into and waiting for from us just so he can do something new and wonderful and exciting in our lives but he's waiting on us A second area of our past to put away is not only a focus on our past fears and failures and, and fumbles, but we need to also put away a focus on our past successes and victories. When we live in the past of the good old days and how great things used to be in our minds, we can inadvertently put God in a box. <clears throat> We can find ourselves doing the same things the same old way because we expect this, that God will respond in the same way as before. Often these are familiar to us, they're comfortable to us, we think we know how God works. And it may never occur to us that God has something new in mind 
What are the, the seven deadliest words for a church? We've never done it that way before. The seven deadliest words for a church. Or similar to that football star that we talked about earlier, we may find ourselves living off of past victories that God has done in our life. Existing off of the fumes of past testimonies, spiritually suffocating, if you will, missing the, the fresh air that God wants to do something new now, today in our lives. And just like being a prisoner of a negative past, we can be prisoners of a positive past, which then becomes like stale fruit. It may look good for a while, but eventually it loses its freshness, it loses its potency, and decays to death. Living in the past can be a danger for every area of our lives, both living in the past positively or negatively. It impacts our relationships, it impacts our marriages, it can impact our jobs, our mission and ministry as a church. Living in the past can impact our relationship with God. If we're living in the past, whether it's positive or negative, it's hard for God to do something new because we are in the way. So my friends, God's invitation to us this morning is to let it go. He says, don't get stuck there. Don't dwell there. Forget about that. I have something new in mind. But my brothers and sisters, I want to say, let's not miss this point. God is saying, forget the past so we don't get stuck there. But we're not to forget the person. We can forget the method, but we're not to forget the miracle worker. The point is to not dwell on those particulars, expecting that God will do it the same way and do the same thing. But we are to recognize that we serve a God who is a creator, an artist, an author, and God loves doing new things. But first, I believe the invitation is to put the past behind us whatever that may mean for you. Maybe a habit, it may be a way of thinking, it may be a tradition, whatever it is, God is inviting us to let it go, to not dwell there. In fact, my brothers and sisters, I'd like us just to take a moment right now Allow the Holy Spirit to, to bubble to your mind whatever you're hearing right now. When God says, forget all that from the past. I'm doing something new. Hold that thought. What is coming to your mind that God is saying, forget that? In fact, I'd like you to just do this with me right now, just to, to make two fists with your hands. They represent whatever it is that God is, is saying, forget that. And I'd like you just to slowly open your hands and let it go. Whether it's positive or negative, 
Let's make room. Let's release our past to God. The next invitation, as we look to what God is saying to us this morning, the next invitation in verse 19 is for us to perceive what God is doing in the present. It says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God is doing something new in the present and and he challenges us to, to see it, to recognize it, to perceive it right now. You know, it's one thing to say that God is doing something new, but it's something else entirely to be aware of it, to recognize it, to see it. The text says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That suggests that it's, it's visible somehow, that if we are looking for it, we can see it. Depending on your Bible of choice, the Hebrew word translated here is see or behold, look or watch. It's a marker word used to, to call attention to declare a change of scene. It says something is happening that we should pay attention to. As I thought about this word, a scene from a sitcom came to my mind. It's like we're all looking in one direction and God is saying, hey, hey, over here, I'm over here. Don't you see me? And we learn from this text that this this new thing that God is doing has already started. In the NIV, it says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The New Living Translation says, see, I have already begun. Do you not see it? The Good News Translation says, it's happening already. You can see it now. And the Lexham English Bible says, now it sprouts. Don't you perceive it? You know, I love that version because when I think of sprouts, I think of little shoots breaking through the ground. According to vocabulary.com, a sprout is a small growth on a plant, a little new bud. I love that. Perceiving the new thing that God is doing then requires spiritual eyes. God said he's doing something new and apparently it is evident if we are looking for it. Even a sprout, as small as it is, you can see that little shoot. I'm reminded of the young teen who is is so excited when he sees those, those first hairs of a mustache. He sees them way before anyone else because he's watching and he's waiting and he's expecting. He's looking for what he knows is coming. When we are looking and paying attention, we too can see. I agree with so many spiritual leaders that we are living in a very unique moment in history. God is doing something new right now. With the vaccine, it appears that we are finally making headway through this pandemic and, and, and we see the, 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 the death toll and the illnesses starting to come down. We see that, that God is in the mix. He is doing something new 
right now. Social scientists and secularists both agree that even post-pandemic, our world has been forever changed from this reality. God is doing something new. And church researchers are saying, even when we are back in the building, our church experience, our church reality will never be the same. Sure, we will come back together, we'll have corporate worship, we'll sing our songs, we'll enjoy the word, but we now have a, a virtual digital reality that, that isn't going away. The church as we have known it is forever changed. God is doing something new. Here at Hillside and at South Bay, we are both going through a transition of new leadership. Where I'm sure you are as we are, we're talking about strategic plannings and, and trying to discern how God is moving us in, into this new normal, this new reality. God is doing something new. All around us, God is, is shooting up these little sprouts and he's saying, don't you see it? I am doing something new. Well, I believe we need spiritual eyes like we've never had before so that we can watch and perceive and see so that we can align ourselves with these new things that God is doing in us, around us, through us. God is doing something new. So a question then becomes, how do we develop these spiritual eyes? Well, I think we, we start with discernment. We start with looking. We, we start with being open that it may not look like what we think it will look like. We can start by, by being open that it may not be what we want to see, that what God is doing may not be what we are planning or setting goals to see. What God is doing may not be what we expect to see. What God may be doing may not even be what we hope to see. And of course, we can put all of these things before God, our plans, our desires, what we're hoping for, but that doesn't mean that's what God is doing. If we are to embrace this new thing that God is doing, it requires that we pay attention, that we have open eyes, open hearts, and open minds to perceive this new thing that God is doing. We need to be open to the possibility and the reality that while we're looking stage left, God may be entering from stage right that what God is doing may be totally unexpected. In verse 9, it continues with God saying, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. How many of you can look back over your lives and, and recognize all the ways that God has surprised you? That, that what you thought was happening is, is not how it unfolded. And, and he, he went in a whole different direction. I think that God gets the greatest kick in surprising us. I think he delights in, in showing up in the most unexpected and unpredictable ways. 
You know, you can't get any more unpredictable than having God himself show up in a little baby of humble means birthed by a teenage mother in the middle of nowhere. You can't get any more unpredictable than that. Our God is a God of surprises. and, And the question is, are we open to what God may be doing? Are we open to see what God has already started doing? And are we ready to perceive what is new? A few moments ago, I had you open closed hands and and release the past. Well, I want us just to pause for a moment right here. And I want to invite you to get back into that, that posture where you have released the past. And now I want to invite you to to visualize and and place all your hopes and your dreams, your desires, your expectations in those hands and then offer them to God with opened fingers, loose fingers. And hear God's words to you as you hold these things in your hand. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Sisters and brothers, I, we don't know what is coming. We don't know what God is doing. And so whatever it is that you are holding right now, it may be exactly where God is going. But we also need to be open that it may not be what God is doing. But we do know that God is active and doing something new right now. He's already started. He has a perfect plan. He's asking us to look for it, perceive it, watch for it. And I guarantee you, I can guarantee for you, that there is nothing better than being aligned with what God is doing. It's one more invitation and then I'll be done. So far, God has invited us to put away the past, to perceive what he is doing in the present. And his last invitation for us in this text is to proclaim his praise. Now, this is not a blind or obligatory praise because we're supposed to or because we ought to or because we should praise God. Look at the passage one more time. It says we are told not to dwell on the past because God is doing a new thing. But what is he doing in our text? Well, it says he is making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. But what is he doing that for? Well, remember this passage to the original hearers is about God's salvation of the Israelites from Babylonian captivity. They're about to be free, just like God freed his people from Egypt. Only this time he's not going to do it by leading them through a sea. He's going to bring salvation in a completely new way. He's this time he is making a way through the desert, a way out of no way, if you will, because we serve our God who's a way maker. 
He's going to provide streams in the wasteland. That is life where there is not supposed to be life. Refreshment and rejuvenation and salvation where, where death and desolation reside. Let me pause here just for a moment. When I think about the, the wasteland, I wonder how many of you feel that that's where your life is right now in a wasteland? How many of you feel that you need a way maker right now? How many of you are, are needing God to, to come in and, and do something fresh and new to rejuvenate and, and refresh and bring life to this, this wasteland season that you may find yourselves in right now? Well, if that is you, if that's the space that you are finding yourself in, I just want to encourage you this morning that we serve a God who is a way maker. We serve a God who does do new things. I want to encourage you to hold on, to keep your eyes open because you just don't know what God is doing. Hold on. God is doing something new. However long it takes, God is doing something. Well, let me get back to our text. Our text goes on to say that, that God is, is the one who provides the sustenance and water and he provides it in this wasteland for the, the wild animals, the jackals, the owls, and they all honor God because of what God has done. And God not only provided for the animals, but it says he also provided drink for his chosen people in those very same wastelands of death. God provided for his very own people, those he formed and called by name. Well, why? Why is God doing this? Here comes the big why. In verse 21, God's end game, his, his big reveal. Why does God make a way in the desert? Why does God bring streams in the wasteland? Why does God provide drink for the animals and his chosen ones? Sure, it is to care for his, his beloved creation, but it also says it's so they may proclaim his praise. Brothers and sisters, as sons and daughters of God, we too are God's chosen people. Have you ever stopped to think about how everything God does is for us, but it's not about us at the same time? Doesn't that feel kind of like a, a cosmic oxymoron? It's for us, but it's not about us. To be sure, God's plans and purposes are for our good. His love for us is so lavish and, and so encompassing. He provides for us. He cares for us. He guides us, is merciful towards us, forgives us. He saves us, not only so we may be with him and enjoy him forever, but he saves us every day. He saves us from ourselves even. Our God is that good. And why? because he loves us that much. And so we may proclaim his praises. We were made to be witnesses to the goodness of God. 
and the natural response to God's goodness, his overwhelming goodness towards us is praise. That's why the Bible says if we don't praise God, the rocks will cry out because everything God does, everything God does, his very nature evokes praise. God's heart of love is in everything he does and praise is the natural response. It was C.S. Lewis who said, praise is the consummation of joy. When we are filled with the joy of the Lord, not only for what God has done for us, but what he is doing right now and, and will do and for who he is in our lives, we must praise God. That joy just bubbles up from deep within and we can't help it. So friends, I want us to heed this third invitation. I want to invite you just to open your hands. First, we, we release the past and we, and we offered our, our present to God. And lastly, I'd like us just to lift our hands and proclaim his praise. Because friends, God is doing something new and he is always worthy of our praise. God is doing something new. Don't you perceive it? He is worthy of our praise. Heavenly Father, as we contemplate your love for us, as we hear the invitation to forget the past, forget all that because you're doing something new, as we have open hands, Lord, for what you were doing and, and we seek to perceive what you were doing so we may align with you. And Lord, as we watch and wait, we know of your love for us. We know you are good to us and that fills us with so much joy. Lord, we just praise you, we praise you we praise you for who you are in our lives. We are so grateful. Lord, help us to release, help us to perceive, and Lord, help us to praise you. We love you so much. And we pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you, Hillside.
my eyes above the waves When oceans rise My soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours You are mine You're mine, you're mine Your grace abounds in deepest waters Your sovereign above the waves when oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace for I am yours you are mine oh you are mine Holy Spirit, lead us, we pray. All right, sing this. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith would be made strong in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me, come on. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever. My faith will be made strong. 
words this morning from Romans 15:13 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope So I pray for this week for you to be filled with hope and peace for you Thanks for being with us